Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Kurt Thompson, a psychiatrist from the States, but one of our guest speakers earlier on in this year said this, that we spend somewhere like 80% of our time either thinking about the past or the future. So what that means if it's done equally, it means for 40% of your life, for 40% of those 10 hours that you might be awake today, for four of those 10 hours, you are going to be thinking about what we're going to talk about this morning. You're going to be thinking about this. You're going to be thinking about a question that society is so obsessed with. It's a question that's appropriate. It's a question that Michael and Kirsty have been asking. It's a question that many here have been asking. Here's the question, what's next? Uh, anyone here? Thinking of a what's next? Anyone else here got a what's next? I don't know about you. Maybe maybe a new job is next for you. Uh, maybe it's a maybe it's a new school or university. Uh, maybe some of you are thinking about transitioning into retirement, and that's what's next. Maybe you are moving to a new home, and that's what's next. Maybe some of you have got a baby on the way, and that is what's next. And often those what next, they're really exciting things, aren't they? They can be exciting things. They can be great things. But ultimately, you're a little stressed about them. (laughs) And that makes a lot of sense because that's life. It makes sense too because what next means a transition. And whenever you have a transition, there is change. And whenever there is change, there is stress and anxiety. So first of all, even here's the point. Even the good transitions can be stressful and painful. And that's okay. There are some examples too, by the way, that you know. Have you ever seen a bride on her wedding day? And she's... It's supposed to be the happiest day of her life. And there's tears and there's grief and all these mixed feelings. Why is that? It's a change. She's moving to what's next. And Maybe you remember parents. We haven't done it yet, but that moment that I'm sort of dreading where you've got to pack the backpack on and send the kiddies off to school and you've been praying for five years for this day. It's going to happen and you send the kids off to school and then your heart's in your mouth. Even the best transitions are stressful and painful. So here's the question that we want to ask ourselves this morning. If in light of that, is it possible to prepare ourselves for what's next? Would you like to know that? Is it possible to prepare? Can, can you even prepare for what's next? How do you prepare? Is it because it's stressful and I'm anxious about it? Can we do it? The answer is yes. Yes, you can. That's what we'll see this morning. The Bible's got some great stuff here from Paul's story, but uh, there's, there's something vital that that we've got to understand before I get to that. And I want to frame this up first. It's in verse 22. Paul says, And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me. It's interesting. I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what's next. Here's the thing we've got to frame up. There is absolutely no link between knowing what's next and being actually prepared for what's next. You might think there's a linkage. 
you might, I know it's, I know it's how we think, because lots of people say, well, what's next? What's happening next? Because in our minds, we're thinking, if I know what's next, then I'm going to be prepared for what's next. But it doesn't work that way. The two are totally unrelated. Let me show you. I'm on this wedding theme because I did one yesterday up in beautiful Nelson Bay. Every Saturday, these couples, couples get together and they make promises to one another. And for this couple yesterday looking each other into their eyes lovingly, they're so excited about it. But anyone here in the room that is 30 years down the track, they were 30 minutes into marriage, anyone 30 years down the, the track knows this, that um, just because you say I do doesn't mean I can. Right? So in other words, there's no linkage. It's something interesting. There's no linkage because you know that you're coming up to marriage. You know that you're going to spend the rest of your life with this person. You, you know a whole lot of things, but it doesn't mean that you are prepared for marriage. I do doesn't mean I can. And here's the point. Way better than a plan, way better than a promise is preparation for what's next. And the great news this morning is the Bible gives us a couple of tips on how this happens. We see this in the context of Paul. If ever there was a guy who didn't know what he was doing next, it was Paul. If you go and read his story, shipwrecked, flogged, stoned, cast out of cities. This guy just perpetually lived in new seasons in his life. So uh, here we see from one of the best people that can give you the best advice on how you deal with what's next. And how do we prepare for what's next? Here's just a, a couple of final reflections this morning. Here's, here's the first thing. You can prepare for what's next. And look, I'm, I don't think I've ever done this as a pastor, but I've got a prophetic word for you. Oh, yeah. yeah, there we go. The Christians in the room know what I'm talking about. If you're checking out Christianity, you're going, what the heck is prophetic? What does that mean? It means, it means this, I can actually see into your future. Every single one of you this morning... In fact, there is something that I know will be in your what's next this morning. Would you like to receive that this morning, church? (laughs) Here's what I guarantee in the name of Jesus will be in your future, in your what's next. The one thing that will be in your future will be you. (laughs) That's beautiful. Wow. Revelation. (laughs) You're going to be there. You're going, to do the, you're going to do the new job, you're going to turn up, open plan desk, you're going to put the pens on the desk, you're going to look out the window, it's a nice new view, and you go, oh, well, I'm there. You're going to be there. You couldn't stand that last season and you're going to move on and things are different and it's feeling fresh and you look around and, well, I'm here. And what's really interesting is when that happens, I don't know if it's happened to you yet already, but when you move into that new season, that what next, that one that you've been hanging for, you discover that in that moment, you're still the same you. (laughs) Still the same. I think it was a Bob Seger song, wasn't it? For those of the 80s rock, you're still the same. You're still the same. I caught up with you yesterday. Still the same. Still the same. Moving game to game. No standing in your way. You felt this. The same strengths. The same weaknesses. The same idiosyncrasies. Everything's new and different, but it's changed. And, and the fallacy that we have is this. You think that, you, you, you think this. You think, you think a, a new view, a new do equals a new you. <laughs> but you carry the same stuff into your future, a different situation. You just take yourself with you. So the first thing you've got to do, if you want to prepare for what is next, is work on you. 
So here's the second thing. If, if it's about working on you, then whatever you do now will be the biggest determinant of the success or the blessing, to use that church word, that you will receive in that next season. Whatever you do now. See, quiz class, what was Paul's calling? Do you remember way back? He didn't, he didn't think it up. Jesus gave it to him. He said, this man will be my chosen instrument to the Gentiles. To preach the gospel. The second most influential man in history, says Time magazine, at one point behind Jesus Christ. This is the man who broke Christianity, as we know it today, out of the cultural captivity of Judaism. And what do we see here? Verse 20. You know how I lived while I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served with humility. You know that I've not hesitated to preach anything But that which would be helpful to you, I've taught publicly, I've taught from house to house, I've taught to the Jews, I've taught to the Greeks that they must return to God in repentance and have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you see what Paul is doing there? Paul is doing the very thing that he wants to do in the future, the very thing that he is called to do next, but he's doing it in Ephesus in a seemingly irrelevant season. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt like now you want to get to what next because now seems so irrelevant? (laughs) Just get me to next and I'll be fulfilling God's calling on your life. No, God says what you do now will be the greatest determinant of the success and the blessing you have in what's next. It's, this is so crucial for us Christians because we, we think if I was in the room, then, then d- d- this is just going to change me. If I, just, if I just turn up, if I just listen, if I hear, then it's going to change me. Uh, if we just turn up in the room, uh, if, if we get really convicted, we have you know, what a friend once called the Christian moo. You turn up to church, everyone goes, hmm, 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 hmm. You're doing it now, hmm. And inside you're going, oh, great point, Sam. I feel so convicted. My question is, what are you going to do about that? Most of us think, oh, that's great. Such a great point. I feel so convicted. You know what? That's such a good point. I'm going to come back next week for another dose of conviction. (laughs) What you do now will be the greatest determinant of your success in the season of what is next. So don't allow this noble habit of just listening and hearing and attending not change you because you don't make the choice to do. Some of you know I'm pretty obsessed with CrossFit at the moment. Um, more specifically, probably just watching CrossFit <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> but I love the mentality of Matt Fraser, the fittest man on earth, they call him. He says, there's nothing pretty about getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning. There's nothing pretty or nothing sexy for Instagram when I'm in my home gym. But he says this, I do today what others won't, so I can do tomorrow what others can't. If you want to see change, you want to see blessing in what's next, do now what others won't. Here's the last one this morning. And if, if there's any point we get outside of the practicalities, and it's for you guys this morning, a transition may be seamless, but it's never painless. And don't we feel that today?
And when he'd finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed, and they all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. And what grieved them the most was his statement that they would never see his face again. And then they accompanied him to the ship. Even the good changes are stressful, are full of anxiety and fear. Because moving to what's next means transition, and transition means change, and change means pain. There's a story of little Johnny, has his first day at school. Goes to school, comes back, absolutely hates it. The parents say to him, what's wrong, Johnny? Why didn't you like school? He said, well, first of all, too many kids. (laughs) And then he said, you told me they taught me how to read. And I don't know how to read. (laughs) So I'm not going back. Many of us operate in the same way. The first hint of pain, the first hint of fear, the first hint of anxiety. We don't cross the threshold into what's next because it's painful. Craig Rochelle, senior pastor of a megachurch in America, said this. Often the difference between where I am and where God wants me to be is the pain that I'm unwilling to endure. And there's pain for all of us this morning. But it's a pain that we wholeheartedly believe that we are enduring to do what God is calling us to do in our respective spheres. As Groeschel goes on to say, doing what is right, no matter how difficult, is a rare trait in life. Most choose easy, yet we must never choose right over easy. Most importantly, we know, and for some of you, maybe this is new. (laughs) Maybe some of you this morning are listening into this and thinking, wow, you could get this sort of stuff out of the Bible? Yeah, you can. (laughs) But some of you know this this morning. Some of you, as we finish this morning, are standing in what the leadership expert Samuel Chan called the hallway of hell. He was describing a psychological term called liminal space, which was that that space that once you've crossed the threshold into a decision and you haven't arrived at what's next, you have to sit in the in-between. Anyone ever been in the hallway of hell? Some of you might be in the hallway of hell this morning. And what I want to share with you is that our God is faithful. You are sitting next to a whole bunch of people who have sat in that hallway and come out the other side. All you need to do in that moment is to stick your head down and obey. Obey, obey, because Charles Stanley said that God is wholly responsible for a life wholly devoted to him. And he goes on to say practically, if God tells you to run through a brick wall, then you just better put your head down and pray that he creates a hole in the brick wall. (laughs) If you go have coffee with some Northsiders this morning, they will tell you that God opened up holes in brick walls in their life. And so no... Transition as seamless as it may be will be absent without pain. What's next? You're probably still thinking about what's next. Probably spent 40% of this message thinking about what's next. (laughs) Or maybe you've had your daily days. Here's the questions I want to ask you as we get ready to wrap up this morning. 
If doing now is what determines your success in the future, then what are you doing now that you shouldn't be doing? That you tell yourself, when I, if I, as I get to what's next, then I'll change. What are you doing now that you shouldn't, that you're just putting off? More importantly, what are you not doing now that you should, that you're saying, I should get to that later? Answer those questions, you'll have the best possible preparation for what is next. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let me pray. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.